0: Recruiter's Live Lounge, episode 18. Firefish is a predictive recruitment, sales and marketing platform that helps recruitment agencies like yours attract, engage and place more candidates with your clients. Go to firefishsoftware.com forward slash Live lounge. Recruiters Live Lounge. RecruitersLiveLounge.com, where you get to hang out with the most inspiring recruitment business leaders on the planet. Hosted by Roy Ripper. Welcome back, everybody, to Recruiters Live Lounge, where you get to meet and hang out with some of the most inspirational business leaders in the recruitment industry on this planet. And I'm really excited today. My guest today in the Live Lounge is Mr. Darren Rymill. Darren is the founder, the CEO of Opus Professional Services Group. It's the holding company. There are so many different brands underneath that. I'll let Darren tell you about those. But I I will say to you that um, Darren's been around the recruitment industry, I think, for just over 14 years. Um, And this is one of those serial entrepreneurs. I, you know, sort of got to meet Darren, I don't know, about a year, two years ago. And I was really blown away by him personally. He is doing things with Opus Professional Services Group that other recruitment companies can only dream of. Um, They've had some phenomenal success. I think Opus uh, Recruitment Solutions, you know, the original company was set up in 2008. Um, Bristol based business and from there they have just expanded and expanded this company is winning more awards than I thought were out there to be one um, you know they're on the Virgin Sunday Times Virgin fast track uh, the recruiter hot 100 the recruiter fast 50 and accelerate 250 now Opus have got the Bristol headquarters But since then, they've opened up offices in London, uh, in Sydney, Australia, in Amsterdam, they've got New York, and I think they've got California later to come this year. Um, Darren, I can't possibly do your company justice. Uh, Tell us a bit more. Actually, Darren, how are
1: you, first of all? I'm good. Thank you. Oh, yeah, good. I think that's the nicest introduction everyone's ever given me, Royce. So thank you. It's so like you obviously haven't been speaking to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> not yet,
0: Darren. Not yet. We, we will do immediately after this interview. Darren, look, you know, you you are doing phenomenal things down there. Um, and I didn't really kind of do, do it justice. There are lots of different brands underneath the Opus umbrella. Tell us something about the business and, and, uh, and what you guys do there
1: okay um well you're absolutely right we're a a group of recruitment businesses and we believe that the success of recruitment is to be niche and to be specialized in what you do um our company aim for example is to become um, a global leader in specialist um, and innovative recruitment solutions so our starting point is that niche so what that lends itself to doing is having a number of different brands that we can Utilise the lessons learned from the businesses, but also then target our clients more specifically and offer them, a, I think, a better, more complete service. So Opus Recruitment Solutions, our background, my background before Opus, and, and Opus's background is all IT recruitment. That's the, that's the the bedrock of what we've done. You know, and we, we've made our name in that, but not just IT. What I call like funky tech, the good stuff. They're not more of the same, but something that the in demand. High-end IT skills. Sure. Um, so the the new stuff is like big data and things like that. If, if you look at that, but taking it back, say two thousand eight, when we set up, the I guess the, the the key thing that we had then was there's a worldwide recession, worldwide credit crunch, and we had to really offer something different to the to the market. You know, just phoning people up and saying hello, we got IT people. They were just saying to us, we don't care, leave us alone. We're making redundancies. So if you look back then, what we did was we entered into the, the niche area of say app developers something like that which positioned us different to everybody else because nobody had apps on their phones in 2008 but people had app strategies and people were working towards that we caught on summer hot and we did that and i think that's something that we then taken across all of our brands is what i call the door opening candidate so whether it's an IT candidate or it's somebody in the oil and gas field, it's what do people want to buy? What, what are people going to take your phone call about, engage with you about, and what separates you from every other recruiter in the marketplace? Well, it's only ever your candidates. It's the quality of your candidates. And so that's why I think being niche, and going back to my original sort of starting point, is being niche helps you do that. It makes you be genuinely on top of the best candidates in your marketplace um, and be able to offer your client the best service ultimately.
0: And Darren, look, you know, I don't know if it's for public record, but you started that business in 2008. Um, In 2015, I know that your turnover, I'm not sure whether I should reveal this, whether it's there
1: for public record yeah, you're right. We're, we're, so we're about $75 million now, Okay, um, which is, you know, we've converted. we were traditionally a, a UK business, so we've always been in pains, but we're now a genuine global business with offices, you know, ac- across the world. So we've now converted to the, the dollar just because it's uh, the world economy uh, currency, isn't it?
0: But look, Darren, it's a phenomenal growth. I mean, year on year, phenomenal growth for your group. And I know that a lot of people watching this interview or listening to the podcast are genuinely very very interested in the answers that we're going to hopefully get out of you now. So Darren look we like to kick off Recruiters Live Lounge with uh, a familiar kind of path and the first question that we always
1: ask is
0: what's your favourite success quote?
1: okay i actually use this quite a lot so um, i i the most often one i I use is it's hard to soar like an eagle when you're flying with pigeons um and i love that i think it's you know and and for me it's 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 all about surrounding yourself with good people you know it's no man is an island etc 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 you know if you you read the books of whoever it is branson or anybody that that is is a successful businessman in in the public like they never say hire crap people. Sorry, I shouldn't swear. We're on yeah the, <laughs> like, right. the, um, But they, they never say hire bad people. They say hire good people, surround yourself with the best people you can get. And I always then extend that to like the standing on the shoulder of giants yeah. kind of analogy. And it's, you know, if, if, if you can place yourself in an arena where you are the weakest, most useless person in your business, which I probably am, then it's a wonderful scenario to be in because you, you, you're you surrounded by just some brilliant, brilliant people. That's my thing. <laughs> Darren, I, I think that's
0: a great quote. And, and, and I really do. I think, um, you know, certainly what I picked up from listening to you for the first time, you know, when I heard you speak, I really got a sense of your genuine affection for the people that you surround yourself with you know you are self-effacing I know you you know you do talk you joke about your own abilities and stuff and uh always you know nice to see that people take shots at them pot shots at themselves but genuinely you know I picked up from you that you employ good people and you retain them you know and that's that's I I, I don't know whether that's part of the secret opus but uh, you're clearly doing some some great things um Now, look, Darren, I think, you know, well, in Recruiters Live Lounge, we know that behind every successful recruitment business leader, there's generally been some adversity, some challenge that's happened in their previous lives. What's the biggest challenge that you've had or the biggest mistake that you've made in recruitment?
1: Okay, that's a good question. It's a good question. Well, I think... Well, let me answer this by starting off. I think the whole recruitment industry and the successful people in the recruitment industry have built their career on failure. Yeah. And, and why I say that is because the majority of what you do in the recruitment industry leads to an unsuccessful outcome. The majority of Canvas calls you make, the majority of CVs you send, the majority of interviews that you have, just all leads to probably not a placement and and as soon as you can embrace that and go do you know what i get it um so actually the whole recruitment um sort of like life cycle is is a continuous failure but that doesn't mean it's bad because so uh recently recently retired uh horse jockey uh horse sorry jockey horse racing champion AP McCoy. On his, last, on his last interview, he's been a, the champion jockey for 20 years. This guy's just revolutionized the whole field. His last ever interview, or once he'd, he'd, he'd retired, he said, he said, everyone focuses on the fact that I've rode more winners in my career than anyone else. He said, nobody ever talks about the fact I've also rode more losers than anybody else. And that kind of sums up recruitment, you know, and and my attitude towards recruitment. It's not the ones that you don't get. There's a brilliant uh, back to the quote you asked about quotes a minute It's a brilliant quote from Michael Jordan, which is something like something along the lines of, I, I've missed 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost over 300 games um, on 20 something occasions. I was given the chance to uh, to win a game, with a, a point, uh, a, a shot to win a game. And i lost and he said and it's this failure i have felt over and over again in my career and that's what makes me successful so we shouldn't be scared of failure actually if it's okay for michael jordan to describe himself as a failure or tony mccoy to describe themselves as a failure then darren ryan was allowed to be a failure it's it's okay Um, so yeah so i think the the whole thing the whole process um i guess specifically as an event um i got involved in a um Actually, it was ultimately successful, but it was um, a sports management um, Ah. business, and we were placing rugby players. So it's still recruitment. It was a recruitment, but in a sports arena. Right. And it was really difficult to do deals in that environment. You know, we we made some placements. But what it did, it showed me the need to be on top of candidates and clients. You need super good relationships, and in, in that field where everybody was quite happy to not pay you, yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody wanted to pay you for finding them a, a rugby player, and the rugby players were quite quick to jump, you know, change their loyalties when a chequebook came out and whatever. So, so that was probably a failure, but it was a great, you know, it's a great learning curve, and it just it, for me, it really accentuated the need to be. top of your candidates have great relationship with candidates great relations with clients because that's how ultimately you get paid (laughs) (laughs) darren i I
0: love that story and you know what it reminds me that in my earliest earliest days in recruitment i used to have this dream i often would talk to one of my colleagues about saying you know what we're placing candidates here and i think the average salary that we were placing when i first worked in recruitment was seven and a half grand ten grand something you know like ridiculously low and um i said to him you know surely the work that we're doing as a recruitment consultant is the same as a sports agent you know and i i had visions then of of uh, being an agent a football agent specifically to deal with the transfers of people like maradona at the time you alright would um, not it <laughs> but, but you know what like you know i was thinking i was looking at and thinking there's so much similarity between the job as a recruiter and you know, and, a, and a sports agent and you've just kind of uh, demonstrated that but the lesson i picked up from it was i probably did well to stay away from it and stick with my recruiting it's,
1: career. A, it's a tough business and, it, and it, it was it was it was really fun you meet some amazing people um and you know but but as, a, as an actual business it, it was it was kind of tough but it does i mean the similarity is there i always say You know, if I wanted to phone up Arsene Wenger, if I was a sports agent and I wanted to phone up Arsene Wenger, there's every chance I'm not going to be put through. (laughs) They're going to say, who is it? I say, it's Mr. Ryan Mill. I'm phoning and I'd like to speak to Mr. Wenger. And they'd say, no, thank you. I'd say, well, I represent some really good footballers. And they would probably say, we don't care. Um, You know, Arsene Wenger gets these calls all the time. If I can phone up and say, hi, I represent Cristiano Ronaldo. Arsene Wenger is not just taking my call. He's going to meet me anywhere I tell him to meet me. Um, And if Cristiano Ronaldo definitely wants to join Arsenal um, because, you know, Arsenal, a a, a, a client that he wants to work with, then Arsene Wenger and me are going to be best friends. I'm going to be Arsene Wenger's best recruiter. So, so So for us, it's all about finding who is the Cristiano Ronaldo of our world. Is that a data scientist? Is it an app developer? Is it a .NET developer? What is it? Is something so what is it your clients want to talk to you about like arsene wenger would want to speak to somebody like cristiano ronaldo and that's probably where the synergy ends because we don't get anything like cristiano ronaldo's money <laughs> Karen, Karen, as, a, as
0: a lifelong arsenal fan as a lifelong gooner when you were telling that story, I was thinking, oh, my God, if Darren's got Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> on his books and he can phone up Wenger and get him into us, okay, I'd be okay, so okay. happy. <laughs> so it's just a story, right? OK. <laughs> yeah, sorry <bro. laughs> Don't worry. Um, Darren, listen, thank you for that answer and some great, great takeaways there. Um, Darren, you know, conversely, we talked there about failure, but there must have been a moment for you uh, in starting Opus where... It was that light bulb moment, you know, the, the the Eureka moment, all of a sudden everything became really, really clear. What was that moment
1: for you? OK, um, well, probably predates Opus. I mean, the, the, the moment I kind of got the point of recruitment was I was actually on the phone to an internal recruiter as an in-house recruiter okay, working okay. at one of the big consultancies. Um, and the guy did me the best favor of my entire career. I, pitched, I phoned him up and I was only a junior you know, recruiter at the time, probably clueless about what I was doing. And I was like, hello, it's me, I'm Darren Rymill and I'd really like to work with your company and et cetera, et cetera. Hopefully the call was a little bit better than that. But, but the, the, the guy on the end of the phone, and I'd love to remember who he was because I'd love to thank him actually, but sure. he, he won't remember me. But it's, um, and he said, Darren, he said, I want to stop you there. He said, I always find that the best people in business or the best people I speak to are offering me a solution not asking can they work with me or not talking to me about what they do or anything like that. just a solution to my problem and that's kind of when I got it I was like they do not want to talk to me about what my company's USP or anything like this what they want to know is they've got a headache they need a such-and-such to solve that headache have I got that yeah um so it's all about then identifying Back again, you know, back to the, what is your Cristiano Ronaldo effectively sort of thing. What is the headache? Who do they want? Why do they want it? And and providing them with that. And it was at that point that this whole concept of only deal with the top 10 to 20 percent of clients, uh, candidates in the marketplace. Let's not be a stock agency. Let's be specialists. Let's be niche um, that really come on and sort of took, took, uh, took shape from that. Darren, listen, I'm so pleased because
0: there will be lots of young recruiters, you know, sort of people getting into the industry. And one of the things that I talk a lot about um, with those rookies and, you know, and, and bless them, it's a great industry to be in, both you and I know that. But one of the things I really talk to them a lot about is that prospective companies or prospective clients aren't interested in how big your agency is how long it's been established how many candidates you've got whether you're computerized or not they don't care what they care about are as you say the problems that they have and if you can provide solutions that's what they're interested in not those are not those other things
1: completely and i've always seen recruitment as a delivery based industry you know yeah. people will tell us a sales based industry and i don't disagree with that sure. but i think ultimately you need to deliver yeah because and if you deliver if, if you make a career on delivering the second third fourth and fifth best candidate to your client you'll never make a placement no. because they only want the first base yeah. best so it has to be delivery it has to be you deliver the best end of discussion about it um and that's how you make a successful career so so yeah hopefully it's, <laughs> hopefully it continues that way uh,
0: look best practice unfortunately isn't common practice uh Uh, but I think when you follow that best practice approach it you know it it can only lead to good stuff Um, and on that subject Darren what is it that you do on a consistent basis on a daily basis that you think
1: makes you personally successful? Great question and and it's tough it's tough to answer that because I mean all I can really say is I just give everything I, I just give everything I've got you know it's I, I don't go home feeling like, oh, that was an easy day. I go home thinking, I'm knackered. <laughs> um, and I love it. I love that feeling. You know, if, yeah. it, if you, if you uh, compare it to going to the gym, nobody ever goes to the gym and has their best session when they come home feeling like they could do more. Yeah. And I love my job. I love my, my, my work. I love my business. And I give it everything. And I, you know, back to the football analogy or the rugby analogy. You would get hold of my shirt after I've done it and, you know, it would it would be sweaty. I've put in a shift. I've, I've tried my best. My knees are muddy and, and I try it. And I think, and then tomorrow I go again and I go again. And um, it's just, that's that's it. So I think, I don't know if that's a thing, but I think if you throw yourself in and you give it 100%, people follow that. People like it. It, it, it kind of just perpetuates. And if you're infectious and enthusiastic, then it's reasonable that other people give a little bit more as well so. i
0: yeah totally concur with that and i think you know if i look at other businesses that i know that are the most successful the leaders within those businesses in common with you just almost have unboundless energy you know they they do they they, they bring their a game they leave everything uh on the pitch you know keeping them with the sporting analogies um, they turn up and it's like they're full on. And when I talk about energy, you know, it's not that dipping and diving and roller coaster roller coaster through the day. They start the day on a level ten. They end the day on a level ten, and it's generally kept at that eight to ten level all the way through. Um, and it's hard, you know, it's hard to sustain. But the most successful businesses that I work with. That's one of the common, most common characteristics that I see. And passion and, you know, and that, that's coming coming through. Um, Darren, what would you describe as your biggest uh, strength and, you know, maybe your biggest
1: weakness as a business owner, recruitment business owner? Okay, well, I I think, this, this may be corrected by others, but I, I think my strength is what we were just discussing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the word is for it, but it's the energy, the drive, the passion is, I'm going to make this happen. It's the, give me the ball, I'll do this. You know, it's, and, and I just, and I approach everything like that. So I, I tend to be a great starter of things. I tend to be like, you know, Darren's here and it's now going to be an energy and we're now going to do this and that's awesome. Um, so I, I think that, and I think I'm quite good at creating a positive culture that then enables us to, to succeed with that. What I'm terrible at is follow up, follow through, um, the organization and all stuff the detail um even saying these words makes my insides cry because it's just not me it's just, and so so this is and this is back to the whole you know surround yourself with great people because you know we've got i think the best coo in in the whole recruitment industry in, in the business i mean the guy called ian O'Dare, i love him to bits he's, he's absolutely fantastic and. He, this business would not be this business without him because whilst i'm there going great idea let's do this he's going darren that's a dumb idea what are you doing I'm like, right let's fly to the moon darren you don't have a spaceship and it tends to be like that so um which is great you know and it's, it's great so he, he's like the and and everybody within the business whether it's the ceo me the whatever, everyone else has these unique set of skills that ultimately balance out really my failings. <laughs> so they're there to help
0: you, you've just alerted every headhunter in the country
1: to your COO but <laughs> he's, sorry it's rubbish he's the worst COO there's no one good in this business actually <laughs> I love
0: that and and you know what it reminds me that um like you Darren I'm, I'm kind of guilty of that um You know, people around me say, yeah, you know, Roy's got a million and one ideas. Uh, A million of them are not going to be very good. But then there's that one gem or one genius. And I think it was the guy that started Waterstone Books um, was similar. You know, this is a person who used to walk around his business coming up with the most amazing ideas and chucking it, you know, sort of behind him as he strolled through the company. But the most important thing, and he acknowledges this, is that he had the most amazing brilliant people behind him that would take that initial idea and action it you know put put the action and get the backs to it um and uh yeah it sounds like we we, we share that kind of characteristic At least i know i'm guilty of that one
1: i i know well uh, you know I, yeah i've, I've obviously met you before i've seen you speak and yeah i would probably say we're Two peas in a pod like that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear.
0: Oh dear. Um, <laughs> Darren, listen. I'm going to ask you to, um, you know, you've been around our recruitment industry for a, a, a long time. You know, a really long time, um, without making you sound too old. Um, but I'm <laughs> yeah, really, Jeff, <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really keen to get you to look into your crystal ball and and, and think about how you see the recruitment industry developing over the next five years how do you think it's going to you know sort of uh, pan out
1: okay so this is now going on the internet and it'll probably be retrievable in five years time so it'd be quite good to somebody to get it and go this guy predicted this what was he (laughs) talking about It's like microprocessors in your brain that, that, that make you decide if you're suitable for a job or not. No, that'd be cool, actually. Good idea. Write that down. Right? You have that idea. Virtual, yeah.
0: virtual jobs. Yeah, I could just do any job I like. It's in my Google Glasses. Fantastic. Well,
1: look, but look if, if you look at the history of recruitment, it is amazing. It's, it's one of the fastest growing, it's like awesome industry. I love this industry, you know, and there tends to be a shift change but we kind of can't predict every sort of ten years. Like yeah. ten years ago, before LinkedIn had been invented, who would have said there's this thing called social media? I've seen the future, and you know, but there was no Facebook, there was no this. So, so again, I might now look like a mug because I'm talking about stuff in the in the the field of what I know. Sure. But I think the rise of social media will continue. I think you know, I don't think LinkedIn's going anywhere, and I think it's just going to enhance that proposition. I think, and I think people that aren't investing in things like that now are just off the pace. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we, we actively make a, a, an engaged strategy with LinkedIn to make sure that we are ahead of the curve. So that in two years' time, I was on the phone to somebody the other day and I was talking about business and we're having a great conversation. And he said, should I be putting more money into, into something like LinkedIn? And I said, well, your option is this. And it's not a LinkedIn plug. right? <laughs> your option is this. Any new technology, ask yourself, would I be would I be in a worse position in two years' time if I hadn't started investing in it now? And if the answer is yes, you've got to start investing in it now. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that's, so that's it. So I think the rise of social media and stuff like that. Personally, I mean, I, I think you may be aware I'm involved in something called Talent Cubed, which is a gamification of the recruitment um, industry whereby we give people the opportunity to do career simulation games. So it's the game It's gamifying careers. People right, can then right. go on, play a game and they can decide if they're interested in this company or this job or this type of work. But more importantly, the company can then screen those candidates and they can say, so I always use the example, Microsoft have got a great game called Code Hunt. It's a phenomenal game. And Microsoft used this game to recruit staff. I could be sat in my bedroom in Thailand um, playing this game and Microsoft can look at how I perform against this, not just the score I get, but my behaviors within it. And they can say, this guy can code. And now all of a sudden, I'm on their radar. And it's not via CV. It's not via an application. It's not by an interview. It's this guy can code. And there are so many other uh, businesses that have got these kind of games. So I believe, and I'm involved in this, you know, Talent Cube is a portal for these games, that that's going to be a direction that, that we go in, um, I think. Um, the more sophisticated um psychometric testing and things like this that that come on the scene i mean the advancements in that has been phenomenal you know there's some great work being done in the video interviewing space um i don't think anyone would ever say that's a bad idea you know whether in five years time that will be the absolute top of the tree of of revolutionary things i don't know but there's so much and you know and and then there's the stuff we don't know about which is going to be even more awesome? Those microchips <laughs> that decide if you can get a job or not. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Darren, I love that, and and uh, you know, on a personal note, I'm really, really interested in that gamification. I, th- I think, wow, what a what a really interesting development it's like you know how the industry could change and how it could move forward and and seemingly how it is moving forward um on a personal note i'm really really
1: genuinely interested to find out more about that it's really cool and, and the prime when i talk about the primes i mean like the big brands the sure. uh, microsoft's the deutsche banks the pwc's you know, the investment that's going into this now, the investment has been going into e-learning and the gamification of e-learning i mean you you, you know you know about training more than I do um so and the investment in that and now all of a sudden I said well can we scale that e-learning aspect back can we start engaging with people prior to them being here yeah. can't screen them can we do this and the answer is yes they can they just need this this thing and and it's it's huge for brand recognition brand awareness I, I one day potentially see a day when you know the, the the job boards as is you know instead of having a apply for this advert which will still be there but rather than that being the attraction point it's play this game is the attraction point
0: um, cool. sounds brilliant i want a piece of it <laughs>
1: yeah. we're looking for investors right hey. <laughs> well. <laughs>
0: darren listen um thank you so much for for those answers i'm really keen to get you into our lightning round session uh darren are you ready for the lightning round
1: i think so, I think so. i'm not sure i don't know what do i have to do in the lightning round <laughs>
0: Just brace yourself. Just brace okay. yourself. Darren. Get ready. The lightning round. So, Darren, look. First question: in the lightning round. What's the number one thing that you see holding recruiters back from becoming more successful?
1: Um, complacency. I mean, recruiters, as in recruitment consultants. I yeah. think they they hit a level. Um, So even the good ones hit a level and then life's comfortable. And so genuine ambition, you know, that um, I always sound like a Kanye West song when I talk about ambition. You know, it's like you can see it in his eyes and stuff. But it is that genuine need to be hungry and and go after And and remember what they said at interview. Everybody interviewed us in the recruitment job said, I want to earn so much money and I'm motivated and I want to phone everyone and I want to sell and I want to do this. And then two weeks into the job, two years into the job, they forget who they were and they become part of what they are. And that's really sad. So I think that holds people back.
0: I love that answer. You know what, I, I actually think, Darren, what we should do is get our smartphones or whatever in interview, and as the person's saying it, record it, attach it to their personnel record or whatever and at their first appraisal let's play it back to them it's like
1: you said you were gonna do this we get it all the time don't we my, i'm so committed to this my eyes will bleed i'll work so hard and i'm like you know it's never very rarely goes that way <laughs> very rarely um darren uh, next question
0: what's the best piece of uh, business advice you've ever received okay
1: um the guy who set up Wikipedia, we were very, we were very lucky. We got invited to be part of something called Accelerate Two Hundred and Fifty, which okay. was um, back um, a couple of years ago. Uh, so, so Terry Leahy and uh, the promises, um, uh, what's it, uh, commerce advisor, I think it was, um, invited us to join some group and fantastic group with some fantastic people. And anyway, the founder of Wikipedia was there speaking, phenomenal, and he said, whatever you're going to do. Fail quick, he said. If you're going to, so if you're going to fail, fail quick. You know, just just get on with something and uh, and, and do it quickly. Um, and that was good. That was really good because it's what made you think, yeah, let's, let's just get on with it. Yeah, get on with it. Um,
0: A great piece of advice. And I think so many people, you know, myself included, um, are guilty of paralysis by overanalysis. You know, it's you could sit there and convince yourself one way or t'other, forever. Uh, I think the most important thing, as you said, is just get on with it. If you're going to commit a failure, brilliant. Get it out of the way, move on, and you're going to learn from that experience. So good advice. Really, really good advice. Um, Darren, what's something that you see working brilliantly in your business right now? It could be a bit of software. It could be a hack. It could be anything. What's working for you in your business right now?
1: Okay. Well, I don't know if it's the answer you want, but I think... <laughs> for me, uh, culture, culture in a business is, that's all there is in a business. Forget everything else, it's the culture. Because if the culture's right, you can get around stuff. You can mm-hmm. you can solve problems, you can replace people. You know, if anything ever happens, but for whatever reason, you can replace them and, and so forth. So, so for me, and I see that going really well. And I, I think that's the most precious thing that we ever have. So if you said to me, I'm going to leave you with one thing, Opus, what would it be? I'd say culture. Brilliant. Not a piece of technology or, or anything like that. Um, so yeah i think that would be that'd be it but again with inside of that um uh, not online gamification but before i even knew it was called gamification like right? the idea of gamifying everything you do making what you do fun yeah. and that sort of that feeds into the culture you know if you give somebody a choice of Enjoying it or not enjoying it, they'll always enjoy. It. And I'm going to give you an example. And it's a, sorry if it's a little bit uh, not very nice, but years years ago, um, I took a job. So I had some loads of jobs when I was a student, and when I just finished university, I just took anything. I was doing cleaning cars, doing whatever I could do. Okay. I took a job called um, the the. It was a supervisor for an outdoor sports complex, okay. which sounds really cool, doesn't it? Sports supervisor, that's good, isn't it? Management. Yeah, that equals. <laughs> you clean the changing rooms and the toilets, all right? So it's the worst <laughs> job actually in the history of the world, all right? But you were a yeah.
0: supervisor.
1: Yeah, but I, and I was getting paid £4.50 an hour for Wow. This. You know, this is good stuff, right? I'm getting rich off this. Um, uh, basically, I used to gamify my tasks. It's not fun to go and clean toilets mm-hmm. that four or five football teams have been in, in that uh, sort of that afternoon. But what I'd do is, I'd be like, right, I'm going to create a personal best time. So I literally would time myself to go in and out and get it done. So now I'm not doing the task. I'm not cleaning toilets. I'm playing a game. And I didn't even know this existed. And I did the same when I was pushing trolleys around, um, uh, you know, Tesco car park. Um, again, I used to play games. which would be like, can I get all the trolleys from over there back and stored before anyone else leaves a the trolley there? Can I do this? And it's, it's just games. It's making it fun. So very menial, boring tasks making it fun. And and I think that's how we create the culture of Opus, by trying to make things fun. You know, even things that are part of the job that you wouldn't do if somebody said, do you, do you want to do this? You go, well, yeah, it's, it's the fun bit. I want to set up personal best time or, you know, not have any trolleys over in that area over there.
0: So I, <laughs> I I love that answer I really do and yeah it's not a bit of technology you know it's interesting because I know some of your companies many of your companies are working with companies technology based and of course we all use technology but the fact that it comes down to you know environment and creating an environment that's fun um, I think is brilliant because when you watch kids it's like you know if I watch my kids playing it's like they're learning and everything else but they're having so much fun and you know just watching them kind of doing the imaginary stuff and everything it's all about a game it's all about having fun and you know it's it's how we progress as human beings until we get to the stage where we stop having fun and we go to work and it all becomes very down and depressing
1: and and, and the the schools are doing that now you know the schools are with this you know learn through play yeah why can't we play at work, why can't we make work fun, why can't it be a game, like, you know, it's, we're, we're all alive, we're Just we're just older than we once were, we still like doing the same stuff, so, yeah, that's, yeah. I'm coming,
0: I'm coming down to Opus as soon as I can. <laughs> um, <laughs> Darren, what's the best business book that you've read
1: in the last six months? okay there's a really good one um i read not long ago actually uh it's a richard branson book it's a short read it's called screw it let's do it and it's about um basically setting up a virgin yeah. I, I, I won't bother going into it now i won't ruin it for everyone but it's really interesting it's about 100 pages it's short it's snappy even i managed to retain the focus to read it so uh, it's, it's worth picking up and, and reading.
0: it it's a, it's a really good book i've read it and actually we've had uh other guests in the Live Lounge recommending that exact same book. So uh, oh, no, yes. it's good. So, yeah, yeah, no, it's a great book. Um, and if you woke up, Darren, tomorrow morning, still armed with all of the knowledge and the experience and everything that you've done, but Opus wasn't there, what would you do? In terms of starting all over again, what would you do?
1: What would I do? Um, well, I'd probably think about becoming a model or uh, a... <laughs> Or a or a, a pop star, and then once I realised that that I was rubbish at those things <laughs> and there was no demand for me, I'd uh, I'd pick up the phone and I'd go again. I would just go right. Listen. and and I love my job. I genuinely love my job. I, I love, I love the recruitment industry. I, I don't want to work in any other recruitment industry arguably ever. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm currently so happy with it, and and I, I think we're in the best industry. It's fast paced. It's it's growing as an industry so so quickly businesses are able to grow so quickly you know I've had been had a very fortunate story but not on my own there's other there's other people that have have celebrated this as well and it's because this environment allows you to do it and so yeah I love it and and it, it, it it's terrible when you hear people and they say oh I fell into recruitment or I I'm just a recruitment consultant no 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 I love this. I love this. You you know, you're not just a recruitment consultant. You're probably in the best industry, in my opinion, there is. Yeah. So embrace it and be the best at it. So, yeah, pick up the phone. I go again, Roy. I just, I, I get on it. <laughs> do, you know,
0: do you know what, Darren? It, it comes across in everything you say. It's like that enthusiasm and passion. So, uh, you know, though your answer wasn't sort of what I would normally hear, it's definitely what I expected to hear from you. It's like actually, do you know what? I love this industry so much. I just start all over, um, and I and I believe it. You know, I genuinely believe it as I listen to you, um, Darren. I'm really sad because we are coming towards the end of our time together in Recruiters Live Lounge. Um, but if you had one parting piece of advice for our listeners, what would that be? And also, how would people watching this or listening to this podcast Get in touch with you after after the show.
1: Okay. Um, one piece of advice: um, just be the best you can be. You know, you get one go at life. Um, whatever it is you want to do, just bloody do it because it all ends way too quick. So you know, whether that's recruitment or not recruitment, whether that's you know anything, anything, just do it and get on with it and, and enjoy enjoy it and do it with a smile on your face. And that would be that. My 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 advice um it comes with a caveat i've never take any advice from darren ryan Um, but um and and in terms of how people get in touch then uh my email address um i don't are you able to print that or are you able to yeah it will be
0: underneath the show notes but um you know and people can either look at the show notes and they'll get links to to your website and stuff but for anyone listening to the podcast is there a web address that they could go to
1: Yeah, so um, um, opusrecruitmentsolutions.com or opusrs.com. And that'll take you to the the company website. Or hook me up on LinkedIn. I'm on there. Um, And yeah, just just get in touch.
0: Brilliant. Darren, listen, on behalf of everybody in Recruiter's Live Lounge, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I really, really enjoyed our meeting. I enjoyed finding out about you and about Opus. Uh, And you made me giggle as well. Thank you so much, Darren.
1: Cheers, boys. Thanks a lot. That's all right.
0: Let me just one second, Darren. Let me um, just say goodbye to everybody that's watching this episode or listening. You've been watching or listening to Darren Rymill of Opus in Recruiters Live Lounge. If you want to carry on getting episodes just like this, full of stories of successful people that are really kicking it in our industry, then please make sure you subscribe either on the website or in iTunes to the podcast. Subscribe and get these episodes delivered directly to you automatically. Until I see you again in the Live Lounge, take care. See you soon. Bye bye. You've been listening to Recruiters Live Lounge with Roy Ripper. Join us next time for more insights and incredible success journeys to help you be a better recruitment business leader. Would you like to be able to attract, engage, and place more candidates with your clients? Firefish is a predictive recruitment sales and marketing platform that will help you do exactly that. Their SaaS solution incorporates an applicant tracking system, recruitment marketing, CRM, KPI reporting, and full website integration. Go to firefishsoftware.com forward slash reclive lounge and schedule your free demo today.